Father, we are grateful that you're such a good God, that you take such good care of us. And thank you at a time when it seems that everything is out of control. We can look to you and say, let your kingdom come. Bring the dignity and the power of your rule into our out-of-control world. Let your kingdom come. Or let your will be done. Do what you want to do through us at this time. So thank you. Thank you for this reminder, not just to our kids, but to all of us, of your care for us in all circumstances. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Well, six months ago, our community leadership team made a big decision. None of us on the team felt qualified to make that decision. Uh, remember, we're just ordinary people following Jesus. None of us had experienced a global pandemic. There were no readily available resources on, quote, how to guide your local church through a highly contagious and sometimes fatal coronavirus pandemic. One out there. The infectious disease professionals were still trying to wrap their heads around this virus while we're trying to make a decision. So in spite of our many faults, our weaknesses, what we did, we leaned into each other as people who love Jesus and we love one another and we leaned into the helper, the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus promised us. He will come. He will be with you. He will guide you to all truth. And we made a decision. We made a decision to cancel our in-person services. In a blink of a week, we went from being together in person to a weekly Facebook Live online service. This morning is our 27th Sunday morning gathering online rather than in person. makes my head spin and on this 27th Facebook live gathering of River City Vineyard I am glad to announce that our Comal County positivity rate has finally dropped to 5.02 percent that 5 percent rate is our trigger point for beginning to plan for our slow and safe return to in-person gatherings the 5% rate has to remain or decline for the next two weeks before we will take our first actual steps forward. But we have come to a welcome threshold. A door is slowly opening, and we want to be ready to step through that door when it opens wide. So on the one hand, let's, let's breathe a sigh of relief. On the other hand, suck it up again to remain patient. We're not going to reopen as quickly as we shut down. We want to do this right. Doing it right means we want to do what continues to add to the public health of our community and our neighbors. To help us exercise patience, I want to remind us that COVID is a formidable threat. Now consider what has happened in just six months. 
When we made our decision to cancel on March 15th, there were 2,700 people infected with COVID in the United States, and 58 had died from the virus. Yesterday, that 2,700 infected had increased to 6,742,490. And those 58 deaths increased to a sobering 198,863 deaths in six months. On average, each month, 1,128,748 human beings in the U.S. were infected with COVID-19. And each month, on average, 33,144 human beings have died from this virus. So let's not forget, COVID remains highly contagious, and too often it ends in death. And so often when I, when I, when I share the, the statistics, somebody says, well, it could be worse. Well, yeah, it could be worse, but it's really bad as it is. So, you know, we're going to step forward, but we're going to do it cautiously, and we're not going to drop our guard. We're going to go slow, and we're going to remain vigilant. We're also going to follow uh, what others are advising. We want to learn from others. So you'll find posted on our River City Vineyard Facebook page an article that's entitled, When Your Church Reopens, Here's How to Meet Safely. This article is written by Dr. Daniel Chin. He's a pulmonary and critical care physician, an epidemiologist with 25 years of experience in global public health. Dr. Chin is also a follower of Jesus. So the plan he proposes is based both in science and in faith. So I'm always attracted to both and proposals because it's always a good match with the both and kingdom theology and practice that we hold dear. Dr. Chin writes, churches should carefully consider how to resume in-person ministries and have a clear plan to do so. He confirms our initial conviction, resume in-person church activities only where there is clear evidence of a declining and low level on infection in the community. Dr. Chin also affirms the high-risk setting of COVID-19 transmission in churches. On a scale of one to nine, with nine being the most contagious setting for COVID transmission, the church scores an eight. Church activities place us at risk for transmitting the virus to one another. It's the risk of airborne transmission from one to the other from, from things that we treasure, like singing. <laughs> uh, it's also our greeting. We're affectionate. We hug. It's hard for us to place six feet between us. We, pa we pass things around like collection plates and the elements of the Lord's suffer, supper. And then sometimes we even 
share a common cup. <coughs> Excuse me. All of these very cherished practices put us at risk at this time. So here's the question for us. Can we surrender these practices which are very dear and sacred to us for whatever time is needed so that we can ensure the well-being of one another and our neighbors. Science is a big help to us as we inch forward. Faith is not to be left behind. We possess a missional calling to live out even in a time of pandemic. We need to walk about and identify people in our path that we can invite to walk along with us. We can't stop extending this invitation. Come with me. Let's discover who Jesus is and how he can help us at this stressful time. We have social, emotional, spiritual needs. We can only be met through some sort of expression of the body of Christ. So there is some point of intersection between science and faith, that's the safe beginning point. What is that intersection? Dr. Chen suggests this answer. Small group gatherings should be the first activity to be implemented. You see, it's, it's in those small groups, which we talk about a lot. We build deeper relationships with one another. We can grow in our understanding and practice of God's word. We can foster a safe environment for mutual accountability. We can encourage one another to love and to good practices. Small groups are many times the initial point of contact for new disciples before gathering with the entire church. And in this day, small groups enable us to dial up or dial down our activities when the virus waxes and wanes. One of my regrets is that six months ago we did not have a strong small group system so we couldn't dial down from in-person services into a variety of small group gatherings. I want that to be put back in place as we move forward and I know that this virus is waxing and waning. You're already reading about uh, the virus seems to be on the upswing in Europe. That may happen here. So we may move towards regathering, but we might have to draw back. I'd love for us to be able to draw back into small groups. And I want us to remember, remember Jesus, we just talked about it last week. He invited Matthew to come along with him. And that that invitation from Jesus to Matthew, Matthew led to Matthew's table, where Matthew hosted a small group. That small group was Matthew's friends. Now, they were a despised tax collecting group. They were rebellious buddies. Uh, and that's who Jesus ended up with. That's the first small group gathering that Jesus had with his four very novice former fishermen followers. Small groups can accomplish big stuff. Dr. Chen reminds us, like the persecuted Christians in Acts 8, who were scattered beyond Jerusalem. Our ministries have been scattered 
from the confines of our church buildings. By building strong small groups in our communities and organizing around them for return, we're building a solid and flexible foundation for eventual church ministry altogether. Being scattered from the confines of our church buildings is difficult, it's uncomfortable, it's scary, it's the unknown, but I must say to us, being scattered from the confines of a church building is a blessing, not a curse. It's just as much a blessing for us as it was to that church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was stuck. Jesus said, start sharing the good news in Jerusalem, then broaden out to Judea, then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. They weren't doing that. They needed a little bit of a help. Now, we may have some difficulty talking through, well, how in the world? Well, really, it's a persecution that caused them to move out of that bubble. You see, our faith in Jesus is not bound to a building. Our faith is teetered to, to a, a dynamic person, not a static space. As in Acts, the circumstances of persecution, or like now the pandemic that's pushing us back as the people of God, into relationship with our neighbors. We have a very real possibility to help our neighbors fall in love with Jesus as they get to know us. These are the same neighbors who in all likelihood would never set foot inside of a church building. Think about that. This season is to help us to be the church, not attend church services. So how do we implement small groups in our community? Well, there are a few guidelines. So in general, small groups at this time need to remain under 10 people. If those 10 people meet indoors, they need to wear a mask for the time being. If they meet outdoors, and this is a great time for meeting outdoors, 63 degrees this morning, woohoo! Uh, you know, if you can maintain that distance of six feet, meeting outdoors, then you don't have to keep the mask on during the meeting. The coming and the going, yes. And then if anyone's in a small group and they start running a fever or if they've been exposed to COVID, then that, that family has to not attend the small group until everybody's tested and cleared. That, those are just general guidelines of how we can move forward. And this is our suggestion. This is what our hope is. This is what our prayer is. We want two or three families to gather together whenever that works best for them. Some of our families are two members. Others are three. Some are four, some are five. We even have a seven-member family. Now, if, that, if you have that seven-member family, it doesn't take long to get to ten. But what our hope is, is when you have two or three families gathered, that'll be less than ten, 
so that you have some room to invite a neighbor or two into the group because the people around us may be looking for that opportunity. So we want to form our group not just for ourselves, but also for the people around us. We want to be available and helpful to our neighbors as we strengthen one another. Now, how are we going to get two or three families to gather together? Well, we're hoping that that happens organically over the next couple of weeks. Just who do you know in our community? When can you ask them to meet together? Now, I know there are several families that are new to River City Vineyard, and you're gonna, I know you're going to say, I can kind of hear, I don't know anybody. Well, we know you. So Susan and I will be contacting those families that are new to River City Vineyard and helping. Others were also available to help. We want to help, but we want, want this to start. We want this to start with the families that attend River City Vineyard. I don't want this to be my conviction or Dr. Chin's conviction. I, I want the Holy Spirit to work among us to the point that we say, yeah, that makes good sense. And all of us take responsibility for gathering in groups of two or three families. Now, we already know there are at least two groups that are meeting. And that, you know, that's, you know, good for you. You're the forerunner, so keep it up. You don't need to abandon the group that you're in currently to start a new group. Just, you know, just, we just want to know. <laughs> and our leadership wants to know as you begin to identify who you're going to meet with, we want to know uh, we're meeting together and this is when we're meeting. And the only reason we want to know that as a leadership team is so that we can encourage everyone, that we can pray for each group, that we, we want to make sure everyone that's part of our community is finding their way into a group. Now, when possible, this is just, a, again, these are, this is a suggestion. You, you know, we want you to take, we want you to think about this. We want you to pray about this. And then we want you to act upon what we hope makes sense to you. But one of the things that you might do initially is you might meet together and watch this Facebook live service together whatever time is best for you. Sunday morning may work, Sunday evening, midweek, we don't know. But whatever schedule works. And what I think what would really maybe be this step back is that you can add the personal ministry to this service that we can't do. That means like talking to one another. I mean, I'm talking to you, but I'm not hearing your response. And... And then hands-on prayer, yes, we're praying over the Internet, but, you know, hands-on prayer, I mean, just being with each other, just that sense of loving one another, serving one another. I mean, I'm so grateful that our ministry team has agreed to do this on Sunday mornings together because we've had that, that personal touch. We've cried together. We've laughed together. We've prayed for each other. We're, we're doing this together. We want everybody to have that sense. So that's the step forward toward regathering that we want to start with. We're starting by encouraging small group ministry first. Two or three families deciding to meet together on a regular ba basis whenever it's best for them.
Now that's the first step toward regathering in person. In order to do that, I want to encourage us, but I also want to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. So let's take a moment. Let's ask him for his help. Come, Holy Spirit. We do welcome you. We are grateful for your help through the last six months. Thank you for your encouragement, for your guidance, for your counsel, for your empowerment. Thank you that you're enabling us to do what we're doing. And at this time, we ask you to do your ministry with us. Over the last six months, there's been loss. Comfort us. Comfort us in our grief. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. Teach us. Teach us how to be church without a building. Holy Spirit, oversee this process of two to three families joining together in a small group. Place us all in one small group. And Holy Spirit, let each group be an open door for our neighbors who need help at this time. Open our doors, open our hearts to people around us in need. And finally, Holy Spirit, guide us step by step, slowly and safely back into in-person services. And as you do that, continue to transform us. May we be shaped to be like Jesus in every way. In his name we pray. Thank you for spending this time together. I uh, look forward to your thoughts. You're welcome to uh, to email uh, any. Also, want to take uh, a moment and let everybody come and.